Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Let's go deep together, my friend. Let's place our hands on our hearts and give thanks. We give thanks that the presence and the power of love is within us, that our life is the life of God. Our mind is the mind of God. There is no other, nothing outside of us. We are grateful to remember this simple truth the unity of all life, ever-present, omnipresent love. We are grateful to surrender our attachments to false beliefs, to regrets, to resentments, to hurt, to blame, to shame, to guilt. We're giving it all over to the Holy Spirit for healing. We are grateful so very grateful for the mighty companionship that we share. In gratitude, we bless everyone, 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 and we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Oh, my heart is open. <laughs> and, of course, I am grateful. Yes, as always, I truly am grateful I become more grateful with every passing day. I really do because I'm still impressed and amazed that I have more peace and more harmony, more joy, more of a deep, fulfilling sense of freedom with every day. It's incredible to me that it just continues to expand and expand and expand. And I am so, so grateful for that. And I'm also very grateful that we can come together and share in whatever ways that we can, including transcending time and space by the method of this podcast. I'm going to make one quick announcement so I don't forget it at the top, and then I'm going to dive into our topic here today, which I'm excited for. So my announcement is I got a um, an inspiration in a staff meeting earlier in the week where uh, to give the forgiveness retreat that I'm doing November 9th to 12th as a bonus to anyone who enrolls in Masterful Living next year. We're just, we've been enroll, starting the enrollment for my year-long course, uh, and we have bonuses that happen this year. And I realized, oh, I could add the retreat as a bonus. So it doesn't include the meals and lodging or your travel, but just the tuition for the retreat. That's what I can give you as a bonus. So register for Masterful Living in 2024, and you automatically qualify for the retreat registration and you can even go so far as to call the resort and book your room and we'll work out the details on your free tuition uh, as soon as possible so go ahead go for it <laughs> and you can always write to admin a-d-m-i-n admin at jenniferhadley.com for more details you can learn about the forgiveness retreat that's coming up uh, there on the website. Okay, our topic today is forgiveness. My mind goes to forgiveness all throughout the whole holiday season every year. It just, it's there all the time. And the topic that Spirit gave me for today is when it's hard to forgive, when it's hard to forgive. And I've been thinking about this a lot, too, because I'm doing my grieving through the holidays classes this weekend. And one of the things that I've seen so often with folks who 
seem to be really struggling with grief is that there's a lot of unforgiveness there. And it doesn't matter at all whether it's we can't forgive ourselves or we can't forgive somebody else. Because honestly, there's only the one. There is no other. So whether it's we feel like we're holding something against ourselves or someone else, that unforgiveness, it uh, pollutes, it poisons, is a better word, it poisons our life. And I know that as well, I think, as it can be known. I wasn't driven to murder or something that poisonous, but boy, did I live in a grudge-holding way for decades, for decades. And that's part of why I'm so grateful to be able to let all that go, that it's even possible, is so wonderful and miraculous to me. Oh my God, to just really lay the burdens down, to give them to the Holy Spirit, to no longer have any interest in holding those grudges is so powerful and so miraculous to me. And that's why we keep doing more forgiveness workshops, more forgiveness classes. It People benefit so much from doing the work together. It's just so much easier, so much faster. And uh, one of my good friends is coming to the forgiveness retreat that's coming up. And uh, he did a workshop with me. He had known me for a while as a friend. And he did uh, my forgiveness workshop in person a number of years ago. And at that time, he was experiencing uh, intense anxiety and he came to the forgiveness workshop and the anxiety disappeared. And we are very good friends now. And he frequently reminds me how grateful he is that that's all that was required for him to really release that anxiety. So I've seen many, many different kinds of miraculous results from doing the forgiveness work. So I love this topic that we have here today when it's hard to forgive because oh my gosh I'm just so acquainted with when it feels hard to forgive and forgiveness is our freedom uh, you've probably heard me say this before I've said it a number of times I remember years ago somebody on Facebook was asking do you know Anybody know a really good anti-inflammatory? And I just quickly responded with forgiveness. It's the best. <laughs> and it is. It is because I've seen people heal arthritis, all kinds of heart issues, and uh, I, I could just go on and on. So anything you can think of, I've seen people really have healing and it's not just healing in the physical realm. It's not just healing your finances, healing your relationship. Yes, of course, those are all obvious things that people heal with forgiveness. But the thing that really happens is your mind detaches from the grudge, the grievance, the complaint. And as someone who was such a grievance and grudge and complainer, a grudge holder, complainer, chronic complainer, really, I was. And I still see my attraction to complaining at times, the judging, judging, judging. And giving meaning to everything that I see. It is such an ingrained habit. I once had an intuitive say to me, a long time ago, when I was in my 20s, she said to me, you have a very judging mind. And in a past life, you were a judge. So you really have been trained to judge. And whether that's true or not doesn't make any difference to me. But for sure, I've been trained to judge, as we all have. We've all been trained to judge. But we can Give it over to the Holy Spirit for healing, and it works. So 
Today, uh, Spirit pointed me towards Lesson 193 in the workbook, and Rich Carruthers, my friend, I've heard him say this many times, this lesson is, all things are lessons God would have me learn. All things are lessons God would have me learn. And it begins this way, God does not know of learning, yet God's will extends to what God does not understand, in that God wills the happiness of God's Son, inherited of Him, be undisturbed. So our, the, God's will for us is perfect happiness, eternal and forever, gaining scope, eternally expanding in the joy of full creation, and eternally open and holy, completely limitless in God. So now I'm just reminded that what I shared at the beginning of the show was how uh, the the peace keeps expanding me, the joy keeps expanding in me, and how remarkable that is to me, that it's noticeable. I can really feel it. I can really sense it. The things that bothered me a few months ago don't bother me anymore. Things that bothered me last week don't bother me anymore. The itchy, scratchy things of life that irritated me for decades do not bother me anymore. Every day I'm letting go of my attachment to the conditioned view, which is the past, looking through the lens of the past. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's exciting to me. It's exciting to me because I see it can be accomplished not just for me, but it, it can be accomplished for so many. It's very exciting. I, I know when people come into the Power of Love community and start doing this work, it's for, for many it's very exciting how quickly it begins to show results. So my... My intention for this episode right now is to give clear insight and inspiration that you'll take your practice to a, a much higher level and take me with you. <laughs> so we go together. Yes. All right. All things are lessons God would have me learn. So God doesn't understand, so God's will extends to what he does not understand. So God doesn't understand the illusions and delusions of this world, because they're an illusion, they're not real. There's nothing to understand. God's will provides the means to guarantee that the healing, the ever-eternal expanding joy of full creation that is completely without limit, God's will provides the means to guarantee that it is done. And this I know to be true. As I've said many times, God cannot fail. The Holy Spirit cannot fail. Let us stop thinking that failure is an option in God because failure is not an option in God. Only the ego can experience failure. There's just no such thing in the infinite. So when we experience failure, it's actually a misperception. It's a misperception because we don't know what anything is for. So I'll give you an example, because that might sound like, what is she talking about there? But let's say there's a sense of failure, just using examples from my own life, failure that, oh, this relationship um, seems to have ended, or this job, I got fired from this job, or... Um, trying to think of another sense of failure that I've had. Oh, you try to have a loving conversation and it doesn't go well. 
I used to have those kinds of failures and seeming failures. And what I can see in hindsight now is that I, I needed to get out of that job and I wasn't willing to quit, so they had to fire me because my, my spirit was not meant to be there anymore. Uh, I can think of other kinds of failures like that. Same with relationships. I'm not meant to be in that relationship in that way anymore. Meant to have it shift and change for a reason or a season, right? So this is something for us to be able to work with. And it's the ego has a very hard time because the ego doesn't know what anything is for. And when we're ego identified, neither do we. God sees no contradictions, yet God's son believes he sees them. Thus he has a need for one, capital O, who, capital W, can correct his erring sight, his erring sight, so his uh, mistaken sight, and give him vision that will lead him back to where perception ceases. So let us recognize the truth rather than go through the lens of perception. God does not perceive at all. God knows. There's no perception. Yet it is God who gives the means by which perception is made true and beautiful enough to let the light of heaven shine over it. It is God who answers that God's Son, what God's Son would contradict and keeps his sinlessness forever safe. These are the lessons God would have you learn. God's will reflects them all, and they reflect God's loving kindness to the Son he loves. Each lesson has a central thought. So this is the workbook lessons and all of the lessons. Each lesson has a central thought, the same in all of them. The form alone is changed with different circumstances and events, with different characters and different themes, apparent but not real. They are the same in fundamental content, and it is this. Forgive, and you will see this differently. Ha-ha! Think on that. So, all lessons in life, all lessons in life, and remember, all things are lessons God would have me learn. In other words, everything, 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 everything has the same fundamental content, and it is this. Forgive, and you will see this differently. That's the entirety of what this world is for, what it's about. To get this one thing, forgive and you will see this differently. And it's true. And we know it's true. We've proven it's true. And yet, sometimes it's hard to forgive. Sometimes we are absolutely committed to holding the grudge, the resentment, the guilt, the shame, the blame, whatever it is that's not forgiven. Sometimes we just cannot let it go. We don't want to. We don't want to. We may say we want to, but we don't actually wish to. We don't actually have a true desire of the heart to let it go. The desire of our heart is to hold on to it, to maintain it, to polish it. Now, the next paragraph, again, Lesson 193. Certain it is that all distress does not appear to be but unforgiveness. Yet, that is the content underneath the form. So here we've got a little Yoda happening Certain it is that all distress does not appear to be but unforgiveness. Yet that is the content underneath the form. So distress, 
doesn't generally appear only to be unforgiveness, but underneath all distress is only unforgiveness. That is the root cause. And what is unforgiveness? Essentially, it is a judgment, a belief, an idea that we are clinging to that is not actually true. And it is disturbing our peace. It's like a splinter in the mind. When we cling to a thought that's not actually true, we will not have peace. We will have distress. I, I talk about the Yoda, you know, the way Yoda talks. Um, so certain it is that all distress does not appear to be but unforgiveness. So there are many times, of course, we all know in the big blue book that Jesus speaks in this way to make us look really carefully. What is he actually saying here? So all distress is unforgiveness. Just like every infection means that something has gotten into the system that's not healthy. It's a splinter in the mind. All distress is evidence of the splinter. So, in a sense, the distress is not the problem, the splinter is. Just like if you have a cough, the cough is not the problem, it's the cause of the cough. So if you just mask the cough, take some kind of cough syrup or something like that, you're not actually healing the cause of the cough. So that's not so helpful. So this is what A Course in Miracles is consistently leading us to have a deep desire to do more than just placate the surface mind, but to actually get the splinter out of the mind and stop the infection. As I'm recording this, it's November 4th, 2023. And at this time of year, we're going to change the clocks tomorrow, darkest days of the year. I always feel like I just have to hold on till the solstice. <laughs> Fortunately, it's only like nine weeks or something. Uh, so, at this time of year, so much gets triggered. So much. Because for so many, this is the first Thanksgiving without Grandma. This is the first Christmas without Dad. This is the first whatever without my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, my grandparents, my job, my dog, my whatever it is that we're grieving. And so when people are grieving intensely, experience a deep, deep, deep sense of loss, then very often there is a deep sense of guilt, regret, resentment, anger, hurt, and fear. Fear goes with all of those because they're all born of fear. So when that kind of toxic cocktail of stuff is brewing inside of us because of the thoughts we're thinking that, oh, if only we had um, done that thing that we didn't do, if only when mom asked us to go visit her in, uh, in the summer we had gone, now she's gone and we never get that back again. Or if only uh, in that last conversation with my brother, I hadn't told him he was a total loser Oh my God, if only I hadn't done that. Or if only I could have let my father see how proud I was of him. I never really let him know how much I loved him. Or if only I could have showed my brother, my sister, my mother, my father that 
accomplishment I had that was really letting them know how much I loved them. On and on and on, we have thoughts and feelings like this, regret, resentment. If only I had told them how much what they did hurt to me. And I just kept it to myself all these years. I never brought it up. I never said that my father molested me and now he's gone. I can't confront him now. These are the kinds of thoughts and feelings they bring up are the ones that make it so hard to forgive ourselves and others. We attach to these thoughts so strongly they become part of our identity. And that is the crux of what can make it so hard to forgive. There's the music. It's time for me to take a break. So I invite you to check out all the events we have coming up at jenniferhadley.com. So many good things and all the free bonuses if you register for Masterful Living right now. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you for your willingness to be truly helpful by practicing true forgiveness, which is recognizing I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me, So the judgments, the opinions, and everything that causes my distress is because of the way I am looking at it. Not because of what is, but because of the way I'm looking at it. It's a a really challenging, challenging, challenging teaching. And when we can realize I am the one who is responsible for how I view things and what I think I see or perceive, then there's the possibility of going the other way and changing our mind about things. And in that is our spiritual liberation. And spiritual liberation is what A Course in Miracles is about, so that we can liberate from the idea that we are prisoners and victims in a world that is against us. Now, we're looking at Lesson 193, All Things Are Lessons God Would Have Me Learn, and where Jesus is talking about unforgiveness is the cause of all our distress. And as soon as we are willing to forgive, which means giving up our judgments, our condemnation, our conditioned view, and opening our mind to the truth, then there's freedom, then there's peace, then there's joy. So forgive, and then you will see this differently, he tells us. And he says, so just going back, all distress... This is paragraph four of lesson 193. All distress is the cause of, is caused by unforgiveness. It is this sameness in all distress which makes learning sure because the lesson is so simple that it cannot be rejected in the end. So ultimately, our awareness will come to realize, we will come to realize, we will come to know to remember that distress is of our own choosing. I am responsible for what I see, and I choose the feelings I would have. Choosing distress can be a habit. I think we know that. We might reject it. Why would I do this to myself? Well, if we're willing to ask that question in a contemplative way, Why would I distress myself day after day? Why would I seem to disturb my happiness, my peace every day? Well, I guess I don't think peace is possible, so it's not getting disturbed. I don't feel I deserve peace, really, because I feel so guilty for 
complaining so much and attacking so much and judging so much. I feel so guilty for this, that, or the other. And so I'm punishing myself with a constant state of distress. These are the realizations that I had about myself and about my life, about what I was giving my attention to. And I finally realized I don't need to punish myself. A, because it's an illusion, so I haven't actually done anything. B, I don't need to punish myself because love is all there is and love does not punish, nor do I anymore. So these were some of the healing realizations that I came to. So Jesus is saying, ultimately, you're going to realize, because the lesson is the same again and again and again, that all distress is unforgiveness. And that's why he says, forgiveness offers everything I want. He says, no one can hide forever from a truth so very obvious that it appears in countless forms and yet is recognized as easily in all of them if one but wants to see the simple lesson there. Forgive and you will see this differently. And that is why forgiveness is so miraculously healing and liberating. Because as soon as we step into that, the willingness to let go of our attachment to the meaning that we've given everything, then we are miracle-minded. And since we're already entitled to miracles, now we're in a place where we can accept them. So miracles aren't something that happened to us as a reward. This is very important to understand. Um, a miracle is a change in our thought, in our way of thinking, from the ego thought system to the Holy Spirit's thought system. And that is something that happens because we are willing to let go of the thing that is hurting us, which is the ego thought. It is the thing that we are hurting ourselves with. And when we're willing to do that, then the truth is revealed because the truth was already there. The magnificence was already there. The peace was already there. The love, the wholeness, the freedom, the prosperity, the abundance, the joy, the creativity, the wisdom, the clarity. All of these spiritual qualities have already been given to us in their fullness. They can't be given to us more fully. All we can do is stop blocking them. And we block them with our unforgiving thoughts, our judgmental thoughts. I know I say it all the time, but sometimes it takes hearing something thousands of times, millions of times, before we finally go, ah, I get it. And the best way to get it is to actually do the forgiveness work. That is the best way to do it. And so how do we get ourselves to do the forgiveness work when it seems so hard? Now, uh, I remember once a client coming to me who had had something that had happened in their lives and they felt like it happened to them. I, I didn't perceive it that way, but that's how they perceived it. it. They felt that it happened to them. Somebody had done something to them. Now, from my perspective, I saw it as something they participated in actively and willingly, but they didn't wish to take responsibility for it. Been there, done that a gazillion times, so I can totally relate, no judgment. And so... This person was not willing to accept responsibility, had no interest in accepting responsibility, was only interested in regret, resentment, and blame. And 
in the experience of that regret, resentment, and blame, what was happening was they were sinking into a dark depression, something that they had climbed out of. Now they were falling back into, and it was upsetting to them. It was deeply distressing. And so I offered, well, this is how you can change your mind about the situation, see it differently. And they saw the logic of that, but they were not interested in forgiving at that time. I understand that. I totally understand that. Of course, so we all understand that. Not ready to let it go. I still would like to punish them for it. The thing is, is the other people involved were not being punished. Only the person who's falling into depression is being punished. Because we we can't attack another person without attacking ourselves because there is no other person. There's nothing outside of me. Everything is me, part of me. Do unto others as you would have do unto you because what is what you do to others will be done to you because there's no separation. So sometimes people are willing to fall into deep, dark depression and all manner of ills, cutting off their nose despite their face with this attachment to, I can't let go of being a victim in this situation. You did this to me. They did this to me. So the healing is available, but until we release it to the power and the presence of love within us for healing, there's no healing. We have to be willing to have the healing before the healing can happen. So the angels, Jesus, the Ascended Masters, Holy Spirit, our friends and family cannot help us until we're willing to have a healing. We don't have to believe it's possible. We don't have to believe we're worthy, but we do have to be willing to have the healing. And we can't have a healing while holding on to the grudge. So what I have done in a thousand thoughts is take this grudge from me, Holy Spirit. I'm not interested in it anymore. I, I feel like it's been a part of me for a long time, and I don't want it to ever, ever influence me again. I'm done with it. I have no interest in it anymore. It's of no value to me anymore. We have to move into that kind of a space. I'm willing to see that it's hurting me. I'm willing to let it go. I'm willing to be willing to let it go. I'm willing to be willing to remember the truth. I'm willing to be willing to have compassion. I'm willing to be willing to see this differently. Just moving into the willingness to be willing is so healing and powerful. That is the mustard seed that spirit needs to plant, to, to, for it to be planted in our hearts by our own desire. And then the Holy Spirit can grow that mustard seed of willing to be willing into a strength that is so powerful, it can burst open the concretized thought, the attachment to the conditioned view, the false perceptions and beliefs of many, many, many lifetimes. Just that willingness to be willing. So if you have something that feels so, so hard to forgive, and isn't it understandable, someone was raped repeatedly by their father, by their grandfather, abused and misused, tortured, that it could be very hard to forgive, right? It's very hard to let go of those judgments, very hard to let go of those attack thoughts. We feel traumatized, deeply, intensely traumatized. I've worked with so many people who are deeply, intensely traumatized. It's so much a part of their identity. How do they let it go? 
It's how they see themselves. It's who they know themselves to be. It's this, this victim, this abused person. I get it. I get it so, so challenging to let it go. But we're never saying that it's okay that what they did. We're never saying that I don't care anymore. I, I don't care at all. Uh, we're not saying that we're opening ourselves to further abuse. There are so many misperceptions about forgiveness, and that's why it's so important to me to keep on teaching about it because I see, I've, I've met so many Course in Miracles students who say they have forgiven, but you listen to them and they have not forgiven. They've said, I forgive, but they haven't actually forgiven. That was me. I was that person. So I totally get it. No judgment. And we can move past it. So this lesson is so helpful to us. Jesus says here, forgive and you will see this differently. These are the words the Holy Spirit speaks in all your tribulations, all your pain, all suffering, regardless of its form. These are the words with which the temptation ends and guilt abandoned is revered no more. These are the words which end the dream of sin and rid the mind of fear. These are the words which, by which salvation comes to all the world. Forgive and you will see this differently. So, Holy Spirit, help me to forgive and see this differently. I'm not interested in being stuck in this pain anymore. Holy Spirit, help me now. Show me what to do, what to say, where to go, when to go. Remember the truly helpful prayer. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent, to represent the one who sent me. And I don't have to wonder or worry about what to say or what to do because the one who sent me will direct me. So Holy Spirit, direct me now. Direct me now. Jesus says, shall we not learn to say these words when we are tempted to believe that pain is real and death becomes our choice instead of life? The words forgive and you will see this differently. Right? So that's the thing we say to ourselves. Sweetheart, darling, forgive and you will see this differently. And I want to see this differently. Right? It's... Um, I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. I want to see this differently and be at peace. Shall we not learn to say these words when we have understood their power to release all minds from bondage? Not just our own, but all minds. Because there's, there's the seemingly, this is my mind, but my mind is the mind of God. So it's all minds. These are the words which give you power over all events that seem to have been given power over you. You see them rightly when you hold these words in full awareness and do not forget these words apply to everything you see or any brother looks upon amiss. How can you tell when you are seeing wrong? where someone else is failing to perceive the lesson he should learn. Does pain seem real in the perception? If it does, be sure the lesson is not learned. So if we're experiencing a lesson as painful, be sure the lesson is not yet learned. And there remains an unforgiveness hiding in the mind that sees the pain through the eyes the mind directs. God would not have you suffer thus. He would help you forgive yourself. God's son does not remember who he is. So we don't remember who we are when we're suffering. That's why we're suffering. And God would have God's son not forget God's love and all the gifts God's love brings with it. 
Would you now renounce your own salvation? Would you fail to learn the simple lesson, lessons heaven's teacher sets before you, that all pain may disappear and God may be remembered by his Son? All things are lessons God would have you learn. God would not leave an unforgiving thought without correction, nor one thorn or nail to hurt his holy son in any way. So, talking about someone who sees that they are not forgiving and that is the cause of their distress and their suffering, and yet still, they do not wish to give up their perception of things. They don't wish to give up their judgment. They don't wish to move out of unforgiveness and resentment, hurt, blame. It's understandable. One of the reasons it's understandable and it feels so hard to forgive sometimes is because we feel like if we forgive them, if we forgive ourselves, we're just saying, do it to me again. Or it's okay to do it again, to have it happen again. And it's not okay to have it happen again. It is so not okay. I would rather live a tortured life than have it happen again. And the only way I can think of to prevent it from happening again is to keep it in front of me all the time, reminding myself of what a fool I was, how terrible they were, how much life hates me, etc., etc., etc. All these false beliefs. And that was me. I know someone who thinks that forgiveness is for losers. Like, don't ever forgive. No, that is not a wise thing to do. Are they happy? Doesn't look like it. So, that's why I say in Masterful Living, in Finding Freedom, in my classes... Let's prove God together. Let's pr prove that God works in our lives. Let's prove it. And then we know it. Just like you prove 2 plus 2 equals 4, you know it. It doesn't become something you have to remind yourself of or you have to remember. You know it. You take these two apples and you add them to these two apples. And now you have four apples. I see how it works. It's irrefutable. And that's what we can do in our spiritual practice all the time. That's the beauty of it. I get so excited by proving God in our lives. It's my favorite thing to, to be with people who do this forgiveness work. They have a realization, holy crap, oh my God, it works, it works, it really, really works. I can hear Lisa Natoli's voice in my head. Because <laughs> ah. we get so excited having these conversations, talking about how exciting it is to know that God works in our lives and that these principles are real and true and we can prove them and have the miraculous results, which means the mind shifts, the awareness clears, purifies. We go back to our natural state. And then we can be miracle-minded forever in all things. It's so amazing and wonderful and fulfilling. And what's even better about it is we get to share it with everyone because we're one with them. Hmm. So would you now renounce your own salvation? Would you fail to learn the simple lessons Heaven's teacher sets before you that all pain may disappear and God may be remembered by his son. All things are God, lessons God would have you learn. God would not leave an unforgiving thought without correction, nor one thorn or nail to hurt God's holy son in any way. God would ensure God, the, the holy rest of God's Son remain untroubled and serene without a care in an eternal home which cares for him. 
and God would have all tears be wiped away with none remaining yet unshed and none but waiting their appointed time to fall. So there's a clue, waiting their appointed time to fall. So remember, the script is already written, so the appointed time is written in the script. For God has willed that laughter should replace each one, each tear, and that God's Son be free again. We will attempt today to overcome a thousand seeming obstacles to peace in just one day. Let mercy come to you more quickly. Do not try to hold it off another day, another minute, or another instant. Time was made for this. Use it today for what its purpose is. Morning and night, devote what time you can to serve its proper aim. And do not let the time be less than meets your deepest need. Give all you can and give a little more. For now we would arise in haste and go unto our Father's house. We have been gone too long, and we would linger here no more. And as we practice, let us think about all things we saved to settle by ourselves and kept apart from healing. So think of all the little things you thought, oh, I'll do that myself instead of giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. That's separation thinking. I'll I'll do this myself. I don't need to ask the Holy Spirit for help with this. What? Oh my gosh. It's like saying, uh, you you know, you could say, um, oh, uh, you know, I need to pay this $50 bill here. And somebody's saying, I've got unlimited source of money here. You can have as much as you need. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll earn the money to to pay this little bill. I'm I'm not going to ask you to give me free money for that. It's the unworthiness. Let us give them all to him who knows the way to look upon them so they will disappear. Truth is his message. Truth, his teaching is. His are the lessons God would have us learn. Yes, yes, yes. The healing is ours if we're willing. Oh, I'm so excited for the healing. Let's place our hands on our hearts and be so grateful and thankful that we can be miracle-minded, and that's what we're choosing right here, right now. We join together to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We're choosing liberation. And so it is. Amen. Amen.